Is there anybody out there? It's happened. Approximate location of impact, the North Atlantic. As I speak to you right now, it's making its way towards our fair nation. We have 12 hours, people. We're already dead. It's gonna hurt. And I don't want to feel it. I don't want to feel a thing. I hope you're looking after yourselves out there. And each other. These are things we got to hold on to. Welcome to Movie the Podcast. That's right, Movie the Podcast it is a very special episode of Movie the Podcast for to be or not to be this week. Uh, it's, it's just a, me and Alec. It's, it's a two-man two man It's jam. a two-man banger. <laughs> uh, Sean and TJ are off in some sort of dad suck fest. So we yeah, are... pretty sure TJ is sucking Sean's dad's dick, and Sean's at work. Maybe I think that's how that's how it. That's how. It oh, he's out. just filling. He's like filling in for Sean's and Sean. Yeah, he flew to Florida to to cover him. That's a good friend. That's that's yeah. that's that's the kind of loyalty we try to foster here at the Molehole Corporation. That's what yeah. we're that's what we're looking for. Team players. Molehole Inc. Just to come off the bench. Uh, so we're gonna. So in order to in order to pad this show out, since otherwise it would be about twenty minutes long. Yeah. Uh, there's a movie podcast that I listen to. I just explained the the premise to Gogs. It's called Films to be Buried With, uh, hosted by Brett Goldstein, who people might know as uh, Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. Um, I need to watch that show. I've heard nothing but just marvelous things about Ted Lasso. It is absolutely excellent. I love Sudeikis. He's great. Everybody's great. He's really the only actor of note. Mm. Uh, yeah, everybody else is kind of either just people who are like famous and like in the UK or up and comers. Um, but it's a podcast that I I found that podcast 
through the Ted Lasso Reddit feed, somebody uh-huh. commented, oh, this guy, Brett Goldstein, has a podcast. And I started to listen to it. I listen to it every week now as soon as the episodes come out because they're usually a lot of fun. Um, he basically asks, he has guests on, and he asks them about their life through movies. Uh, I, so I, I, I'm very excited to see how this goes. It's called Movies to be Buried with, right? Uh, films to be buried with. Films to be buried. Films. 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to my podcast queue and give it a listen. So we're gonna uh, all 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 credit goes to. Uh, Brett Goldstein for the first part of this episode, but we're going to go through and see, ask Gog some questions about his life through movies before we talk about the movie that we watched. Oh, which was uh, These Final Hours, which I don't think I said initially. Oh yeah, These Final Hours. Available on Tubi. Available on Tubi and Amazon Prime. Oh, is it on Prime? And Want Me Woman. There's been a lot of stuff that's been on both, so I'm wondering if there's some sort of weird crossover there. It might be on, it might be on one other service, like Peacock. It was, it, yeah, was, it, was wild, it was wildly available. I didn't even look. Once TJ said he put it on the Plex server, I didn't even look for it. I just went right to the Plex. Right on. Um, I guess you're going to get to pick next week, because you're the only one. Yeah, I mean, I'm the only one on the show yet. that hasn't made a pick yet that's here the presently. Two, so The two greatest words in the English language. Default. Default. Oh, my goodness. All right. Hey, so Gogs. Let's learn about your life through films. Oh, so the first question, what is the first film that you remember seeing? Uh, in Does it matter where I saw it? Does it matter if I saw it in person or if I saw it in... I, I'm sorry, not nope. in person. Like in a it theater? doesn't matter. In a theater, at home, whatever whatever the, your earliest, I your earliest like movie you can think of seeing. I want to say, and it's a, I, 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 I'm saying this because I think it's something that I still hold a lot of affection for. I want to say it was... George C. Scott's Christmas Carol. That's very. It's very early in my movie career. It's 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 like it's it's that, and it's, um, you know what? I know for a fact it's that, and here's why I know it's that. Um, because my parents, we weren't we weren't poor, but my parents were thrifty, and we didn't buy movies. We didn't have cable, so like when movies came on TV that they liked. We would tape them off of off of network TV with our VCR, um, <laughs> and I know for a fact that that was my first my, my first like foyer into like I'm just gonna plant the flag there. There might be some before. It's the first one that made an impression because my parents and, and I think that movie was actually made for network TV. I don't think it ever got a theatrical release. Um, the tape and they would put more than one thing on a tape. That tape. Oh, I re- I remember because you could have like on the VHS, you could select like the quality of recording, mm-hmm. and the lower quality you could fit more. We 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 used to have the same thing in my house. We'd have tapes of like Disney movies, and some of them would have like three movies on there. But when you'd watch it, it was like you could tell Shit. that there was more than one more than one movie was on the tape because the quality would diminish the longer you recorded. Yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, and that was like it was it was it was like LP and SLP, and there was like one other format. It basically lets you just like slow the tape down or whatever. So we would always do SLP because my parents wanted to sham as much on there as possible. And I yeah, also absolutely. remember, I remember growing up having the honor of my parents had this old VCR and it had it had a remote 
but the remote was it was tethered. It was remote in the sense that you were not standing next to the VCR. Oh, one which, of the ones with the with the cord. Yeah, and it was an editing <laughs> button, so you could tell it to stop. It, so you could try and edit out commercials on the fly. So it was a fun game trying to figure out when the commercial break would end, so that you didn't miss any of the movie. But I remember, <laughs> I remember having this tape because I remember putting it in all the time. And the movie that was taped right before it was that movie, The Sting, with Robert Redford. Oh yeah, and uh, is it Robert Redford and Paul Newman? I believe so. Maybe. I think I think those are the two guys in it. Um, it's it's uh, it's definitely Paul Newman. Now that you say that, I think it's also Robert Redford. I think it's the two of them. Yeah, Robert yeah. Redford and Paul Newman, and Robert Shaw from uh, so Quint from Jaws. Oh, um, banger of a cast. And I remember distinctly because. I would guess I had to figure out like where the time track like when that movie end. I would always watch the end of that movie, which was like I never seen the sting. Might I add? I know it ends with I think them faking a shootout, and then it's got like the theme from the sting, which is actually oh yeah, the theme is I know the theme much more than I know about the movie. I don't even know what the movie's about. I just know they get up and they walk out of like a bar, and then the next thing I know, it's boom, old Marley is dead as a doornail. So I'm pretty confident. That that is probably that is one of my earliest uh, cinematic experiences. Okay, I mean that's a good one because you you still talk about that movie all the time. I love it's definitely my... it's definitely made an impression on you. Oh, it's my it's it's my favorite. It's well, it's if you count, it's up there with like Scrooge and a Muppet's Christmas Carol. Like it's those. It's the I love that story and I love that version of that story. I love George C. <laughs> Scott and I love that movie. I watched every Christmas since it I is guess a... I was a baby. Yeah, that is a it is a good it is a great story. It's cl- it's a classic story that no matter how many times it's retold, it uh it still holds up. I um, yeah, I love it. Okay, uh, next question: What is the scariest movie you've ever seen? That's so. There's been lots of various movies that were scary for various reasons. I'm going to say the first movie that genuinely freaked me out, like genuinely freaked me out was the Blair Witch Project. Oh, and I okay. think That's it was good... because of the circumstances that immediately followed that. Like I was, I went to go, I was on a date to go see that movie and we saw it and it was freaky and scary and it was local and that was all cool. And then I was going to meet up with our, uh, a friend of ours uh, to go to a, like a field party or something. And there was almost like a hostage exchange. Like she was going to leave me. She left me in the parking lot of our, we both worked at the same grocery store in, in my hometown. So she left me there in that parking lot. Cause it's like, Oh, just drop me off here. My buddy's going to come by in his truck and pick me up in like 15 minutes. And no big deal. So she left me there. I don't know why I didn't invite her to the party. I'm a terrible, I'm awful at this. And, so she left me there and there was probably a good 15 minutes of me. And this is like 11 o'clock at night of just standing by myself in a just dark, like, I don't know what time. I think it came out in like the fall. So it's cold. And it's like, I want to say that I also broke my glasses that day. So I was walking around like half blind. Like I went to a movie like sort of with like, like maybe my glasses like like with like one arm missing like so I was like, I was all <laughs> fucked up 
And then I'm just sitting there in the dark, in the quiet, and I'm all by myself thinking, okay, this is fucking terrifying now. I don't need, I'm not in a good headspace for this. And then my our, our, our friend showed up, I jumped in the back of his truck, and then we went and go party in the woods somewhere. Um, that's definitely one of them. The ring, the first time I saw the ring really freaked me out. And the first time I saw Event Horizon, that also really freaked me out. Those were all, oh, actually, you know what? If you want to go way back, way, way back, there was a, the first movie that really scared me as a kid was, um, I want to say it was called, was it called Boogity? I want to say it was a Disney movie. And it was like, was it the Boogeyman or the Boogity Man or something? And it was, huh. it I was, do not, do not remember that one. It, it was, I'll have to look it up. It was Mr. Boogity, a 1986 Disney film. Wow. And it was it freaked me out as a child because I would have been I would have been maybe six at that time. And I just remember my parents would say like the kid like the monster or the ghost would say boogity and they go ah and they would do that. To me. Man, my parents were bad too. Now that I'm saying all this out loud, a lot of ghost <laughs> stories in my past. A lot of things getting dug up here. A lot of getting a lot of, we're, we're, we're unpacking a lot here. This is great. I love this. <coughs> hmm. Okay. What uh. What is a film that most people don't like, but you love? Other than Cue the Winged Serpent, um, you don't love Cue the Winged Serpent. You're just you're you're pot committed to just. I'm yeah. I'm just gonna die on that <laughs> hill. Um, I I don't see. Here's the thing. I there's a lot of movies that I so I've been. I feel like a a a, a corner was turned on. Big Trouble in Little China. Like I feel like a lot of people now like that movie. I feel like in the past, like I went through, I went through college pushing that movie on people because I had like I brought all my VHS tapes with me to college, and I was like a blockbuster. People need something like on like the Saturday night. Like, they come over, to, they come to my dorm room. Like, yeah, what do you want? What do you want? And I push it on them. And I'm like, you should watch Big Trouble in Little China. Like this movie, it came back like that movie was stupid as hell. And that's I've heard that multiple times. But I feel like. I feel like as a society, we've turned the corner on that. Um, yeah, and you're you're able to see more opinions on it now because you can see like internet ratings and like how people talk about it on like Reddit and stuff like that. So it's you're not confined to just the people you immediately know. Right. You can find. Yeah. You can. You can. Get, you can do two things. One, you can find. You can cast a, a wider net to find out who else feels about the movie and then you can look for the echo chambers of other people that praise it um i love i love alien 3 people shit on that movie uh i i love love actually which i know in my heart of hearts is not a good movie but i absolutely love it um (laughs) i still i I still do like that movie but every year it's not good every year it's a little more problematic and a little bit harder a little bit harder to love yeah, but, but I still, I'm still at the point where I enjoy it. Yeah, at I some point I'll probably be like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, Pro- I, I, you know, one day I'll get there. But the, I think those are probably. I would have said crawl, and then I realized that crawl is trash. Oh, um, yeah, are, yeah. Uh, I think, I, yeah, like, like Big Trouble in Little China is one that I probably like. I, I push a lot that and, and Alien Three. Alien 3, I get a lot of pushback on Alien 3. People are like, ugh, Alien 3. I'm like, listen, watch the director's cut. It's great. 
I, I did watch half of Alien Resurrection this week, and that movie is bad. <laughs> is that the one with uh, shit? The woman who stole uh, Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's made by the same guy who made the City of Lost Children. It is just. It's not good. It's a real not good. It's like extreme. It's like nineties. It's like attitude era level extreme. Like it's just like, <laughs> took everything and cranked it up to eleven. They just took it too far. Yeah. That's unfortunate for a for a franchise that I know you love. A storied franchise that I just absolutely just I, I totally love it. Yeah. Oh, Predator Two. People shit on Predator Two. I love Predator Two. That's another thing. Okay. <laughs> Uh, excluding Crawl, what's a movie that you used to love but you rewatched fairly recently oh. and realized that it does not hold up the way you thought it would? Um, we, we've we've all do- Crawl has been well documented on the yeah, show. Yeah, Crawl so is some, well documented. Something besides Crawl. I guess any all of the Daniel Snyder or not Daniel Snyder he runs he's owner of the Washington Football Team. All the Zack Snyder <laughs> movies, like all those, like yeah. I, those are, I don't want to go back and watch 300 because I'm worried because like everything else we watch, I'm like, hey, I remember that being good. And I'm like, eh, it's not like those are, there's a lot of like young man. Oh, I just had one. I had one that's like such a young man movie. What did I just watch? Um, I'm rewatching The Matrix because that trailer, hence the background, that trailer got me all amped up. Yeah, um, that trailer looks awesome. The and- trailer's in- I just realized rewatching it today that the dude playing Morpheus is the guy who played Dr. Manhattan in the Watchmen show. Oh, no kidding. And I love that guy. Is so such a good actor. Like, I don't know. I'm really hoping they do something with it, and it's, and it's not bad. I'm, but we'll I'm see. Cautiously optimistic. Same. I'm just like, please. Like, if nothing else, it has it had an amazing trailer. Um, yeah. Hmm. Oh, like maybe some of those, well, some of those first X-Men movies, like, I don't know, like they've gotten, there's some movies I was happy that I found out still hold up like the crow. Like I love, I still love that movie. And I think it's still a good movie. Uh, I'd say most of those like Zack Snyder movies. Um, Oh, I had something though. There's, there's, I'll just say this there. It's, I can't get specific, but there's been a handful of times and if I think about it, I'll, I'll I'll jump in with it. Where I've watched a movie and I'm like, this is like young, young, angry, doesn't know the world. Gogs loved this movie, and this movie's really cringy now. And that's happened. I I can't point to specifics, but I can I can recall the emotion of like, like there's some young man movies out there that are just a little. Like Limp yeah. esque like they were just they, in like, the moment it was like hell yeah, and then you're like, Mm-mm. yeah, Mm-mm. I can think of uh, Fight Club. I haven't rewatched like Fight Club in a while, and I feel like yeah, I feel like that one's probably not gonna hold yeah, up. It's it's me. still not it's still not a bad movie, but it's not like the world or reality shattering epiphany that I thought it was when I saw it in the theater for the first time. And I came out like, oh my god, this guy's yeah. a genius. Now I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I guess that enthusiasm for it was crushed by uh, our capitalistic society. Yeah, yeah. And as I was rewatching The Matrix, I was like, do you think the Wachowskis would 
still make the Matrix today knowing that it's become like this weird, like ultra right, like framework fuel thing? Like, would they have invented the whole red pill, blue pill thing if they knew where it would lead to? I mean, yeah, because there is incorporated. It's all incorporated in the new one. They had the pills I mean, in it, and it's it's written and directed by one of the Wachowskis, or at least yeah. directed, I believe. Maybe I don't know if it's written by, well, or maybe the other way around. Maybe written but not directed. I think, yeah, I don't know which one's. I, well, maybe, I guess you're right. I thought I figured they're just staying on theme, and I was wondering if they were going to do anything with that, but they're probably not. Um, yeah, but yeah, probably those, not. But yeah, I, I can't. If I can think of anything specific, but I just know that there's been instances of me watching movies and being like. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Not. This is cringy. This is bad. This is real bad. Yeah. That's a terrible. That's a terrible feeling when you go back to watch something. You're like, oh. Like I'm. I'm worried to watch Scarface. I feel like Scarface isn't going to hold up under scrutiny. I used to love that movie, but maybe I'll. Maybe I'll dive in. (laughs) Um. Ooh, okay, we'll do a couple more and then get out of this. Uh, what movie made you laugh the most? Oh, fuck. Um, I want to say one of the... And I think you were there for it. It was either Kung Pao or Super Troopers. And I feel like they came out like within a month of each other. And I feel like we saw them in yeah. the theaters and we were just... Like we definitely saw Super Troopers together, and we're like falling out of our seats because we watched that in College Park at whatever the theater was that was like right near your apartment. Yeah, yeah. And, like we were like Plaza Mall or whatever. We were like on the theater floor laughing so hard. I don't yeah. know if anybody else is there with us, but we were just like we could not contain ourselves. If there were other people in the theater, they probably were annoyed by us. Yeah, I I can't like. Like, there's been, I mean, I've seen a lot of good comedies, but that is just, just as like a, mem- like, as like, just like a first gut reaction recall memory, just that sticks out. Like, I just yeah. remember just, just like to the Ooh. point where I couldn't, like, I, my eyes weren't open. Like, I was just cackling. It was just line after line after, it was just, it was so yeah. well. And like, it was fucking Super hilarious. Troopers definitely isn't the funniest. It's not even. It's not even Broken Lizard's funniest movie. No. But I, I, I probably laughed more at that than almost any other movie upon watching it for the first time. The only thing comparable, I would say, is probably uh, uh, Popstar. Popstar's very funny. It's a hilarious like, movie. The first time I saw that, like I was like just dying. I don't know. There's a lot of There's a lot of funny movies out there, though. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I just have such a, I have such like a, that that memory will not escape me. It's just that I just remember just being just fucking. I remember walking out like just like tears in my eyes, like just like that was, it was like cathartic. It was like like it was like we just like had like a cleansing of just like good vibes and humor. Like that movie was so much fun. We tried to chug syrup a few weeks after that. We both got violently <laughs> ill. That. That almost put us down. Like that was a real bad idea. Yeah, you know, in retrospect, trying to vomit up maple syrup is tough. It's so thick it just sits in your stomach. The problem is you gotta get everything else out first. It's gonna be yep. the last one. It might be the last one to the party, it's gonna be the last one to leave. 
and it was mm, unpleasant. Yeah, that was a bad, uh, bad experience. I'm stupid. That was really um. What is the worst movie you've ever seen? Um, it is called Screwed. Is it Screwed? Um, that was Norm it, Macdonald. It, it's it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. With Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle, Dan DeVito, like it should on paper be. I'm just going to throw out any of the stuff we've shit on on movie the podcast because I mean I've seen we've dove we we know we've we've dove in some deep water, right? So, yeah, we know Jujitsu is terrible. Yeah, we know we know how I feel about the Point Break remake. We don't need to retread this stuff. Let's talk about stuff we haven't talked about. Uh, Screwed is one of the only, and I think it's because I was so happy, I was so excited about it. It's like, oh, I love this cast. And I don't even, I didn't even finish watching it. I turned it off. Like I rented it <laughs> and I was like, I got like half an hour into it. I was like, nope, nope, boop. And I, I, I rented it on the, on a VHS. I was just like, Mm-mm. I just remember it didn't stop hitting rewind. I'm like, that's going back. Um, that, <laughs> I, I, that is such a, like that, that memory is so strong uh, as far as like a terrible movie. And then, the other one, I'll say this. I'll, I'll give you three. Uh, so screwed. There is um, uh, what was it called? Fast Food Nation. Which oh yeah, is probably not a bad movie, but it was awful because I thought it was going to be a comedy, and it wasn't. <laughs> that movie might have the worst marketing job of any movie I can think of because. Yeah. It was marketed as a comedy because it came it, out. It came out right after "Thank You for Smoking." Yes, and they marketed it exactly like "Thank You for Smoking." Like it's a a dark comedy about an industry that you really don't want to know about. Right, which I thought was going to be fun. I liked "Thank You for Smoking." I thought that was great. "Thank You for Smoking" was. I remember it being phenomenal. But yeah, I know. I saw. I think me and TJ saw that in the theaters. When we left, we're like, "What the." F- like I'm, I'm sitting there trying to force laughter through the first half hour, and then Wilbur Valderrama loses his arm into a meat grinder, and I'm like, "This isn't funny at all. This is terrible." Yeah. Um. So there's those two, and then there is oh, what was the third one? Um. Oh, the one. It should also been funny with Jack Black and Ben Stiller. The one about where did the poo go? Oh, jeez! Uh, is it about like an infomercial type thing? It's they have like a spray, a spray that it's like a spray that makes the poop go away. Is it envy? It is envy. You are hundred percent. I never saw that one. I remember like wanting. I think I think all three of these represent movies that I had set expectations too high when I walked in. And then what was delivered was not that. Like, Envy might be a perfectly fine movie, but it certainly wasn't what I had in my head. I was like, this should have been way funnier, and it wasn't. And I love Jack Black, and I love Ben Stiller, and I still do. But that one didn't do it for me. Yeah, I never saw that one. That's Don't. the that's the, the one of those. Actually, I never saw Screwed either. So Maybe Screwed watch, is good. Maybe. It might be the inverse of what I talked about before. Maybe now Gogs will be like, oh, this is great. And maybe young <laughs> Gogs hated it. Like, it could just be that. Like, it could just be I was in the wrong headspace. Yeah, I mean, but, maybe. 
I mean, you never, you, you never know. You never like tastes change over time, and your personality changes, and you never know. You might love them now, but I, I, I think Fast Food Nation probably is no. about the same. That's a known quantity. That one's yeah. Screwed was God. Screwed was in two. That's twenty one years ago. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. How do people and going back to the one about movies that I love that people hate? How do people in general feel about Death to Smoochie? Um, I remember. I don't. You know, I don't know. I remember people not liking it. I love. It. I I thought. I remember. I remember enjoying it. I think a lot of people didn't realize how dark it was going to be. Maybe maybe that's I, 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 I remember people being like thinking it was overrated, maybe. Mm. But I, I I enjoyed that movie. That's something I haven't I haven't revisited probably ever. I think I only watched it whenever I whenever I initially watched it, however many years ago. Yeah, I should watch that again, I guess. But I remember I remember liking that movie and I remember people being hot or cold on it. Okay, last one, and then we'll get into our feature presentation. Okay. Ob- objectively, what is the best movie ever made? Oh, dear. Objectively? Yes. Like, it doesn't have to be your favorite movie, but of all the movies, what is the best movie? That I've seen. Fuck. Um the best movie ever made. I'm going to say I'm going to have to give you three because I can't do this. Uh, and here, I'll give you rationales for all three. Um, I'm going to say Jaws because I think it's perfect. Good I one. Wouldn't, I, wouldn't tri- I wouldn't trim I wouldn't trim an, I wouldn't trim a minute from that movie. It's beautiful. It's beautifully shot. The story it tells is amazing. The story about how the movie got made is amazing. The cast is wonderful. I love every time I watch it. I it's like I'm watching it for the first time because I just find more stuff I love about it, and I find more stuff I'm interested in. I just I just fucking just just devour that movie. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Jaws is the correct answer. Jaws okay. is the best movie ever made. <laughs> well, I'll give you my other two. That uh, I, I feel very similar about the Godfather one. I love Godfather one. I think it's a beautiful epic, and it's uh, it's it's it it tells such an interesting tale, and it tells it at a really great pace. Um, I love all the characters in it. I love the story it's telling. I love the way it's told. I love how you know everything about all of the characters, and they 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 tell it right. Um, and then the last one is so fucking cliche, but it deserves it. It's Citizen Kane, which is a movie. That I had to watch for a college course, and I was like, "Oh, Citizen Kane, all right, yeah, everybody, blah blah blah, Citizen Kane." I watched. I was like, "Holy fuck, this movie's amazing!" Like it just it blew me away that it, it lived up to all the hype. I was like, "I, um, this 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 is breathtaking." It was. I also got exposed to a lot of the good movies in that. I got to watch Chinatown, which I never watched on my own. Like that, there was some there were some wonderful films in that in that class. But yeah, I would say. Citizen Kane and Citizen Kane, Godfather, Jaws, which are probably on every like, you know, international film, whatever's top one hundred list, and probably the top ten. I'm gonna throw Alien out there because I think it's it's great for all the same reasons. Jaws is great, um, but it's not 
objectively the best movie ever. It might be one of my absolute favorites, but it's not the objectively the best movie ever. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to die on the Jaws Hill, but those other ones are also just out, just tremendous. Yeah, Jaws is excellent. Jaws really? is pretty much perfection. I can't... Every time I watch it, I'm just like, fuck, this movie's good. Yeah. It's, it, and it's been good for... When did they make Jaws? 70... 77? 70... Was it that early? Something like that, yeah. 75. I think I'm thinking of, I think I'm thinking of Star Wars was 77. Yeah. Jaws was 75, man. And that movie's been fucking steady kicking ass for almost 50 years. Jesus. Yeah. We're about to... I, I was just reading a thing earlier. Uh, in two years, it'll be the 20th anniversary of uh, speaker box, the love below from Outcast. Oh my, my god! Favorite albums of all time. That shit's got about to be twenty years old. Oh my I remember. The, I remember the day that came out. I was up living in York, and I drove to the record store so I could get that CD day one, and I wore that thing out. And that shit's so, like that shit like is about to graduate high school. Oh my it's like god! It almost, it can almost drink. Yeah, like, it's oh. crazy. Oh my god! It's crazy, and that album still slaps and big boys album is better than Andre 3000's mm, fight me. I don't, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's pretty, uh, that's I think Andre, I think Andre 3000 is more well-known just cause it was more radio friendly as far as, uh, the songs, but speaker box is tremendous. Yeah. And he's and Andre, Andre 3000's. Yeah. He's got a lot more. You're exactly right. He's a lot more marketable. Um, yeah. and he's a lot more poppy. But from just a raw talent perspective, Big Boy is just, just he's really a master of his craft. He's outstanding. He's still making fucking hits. Like he's still just producing bangers. So this was I love this. We should do this. Yeah. We should do this with so every there, member so that, of the cast. So that was like half the questions. Okay. It's you, there's I think I asked you seven, and okay. there's seven seven more. We should we should do this. We should just make a point to do this with every every one of the cast. I think this is brilliant. I think this. And I got to talk about stuff and think about stuff. I hadn't thought of, this is an excellent idea, dude. Uh, I, yeah, we could do this periodically. Yeah. And whenever somebody misses a show and we're down a person, could do this to uh, fill up with some time. Yeah. No, I fucking love it. This is brilliant. Yeah. Thank um, you, Brett Goldstein. Yeah, thanks, bro. And you got you got yourself at least one new listener because I'm gonna go check your shit out uh, tomorrow on my ride to work. Yeah, he's got like he's got like oh, 180 episodes or something like that right now. So he, I he started. Just, he does like one a week. He just interviews different people. Like some uh, most of the people, I have no clue who they are. They're like British actors and comedians. But he's done a lot of people. Like he had a episode with Edgar Wright that was fantastic. Um. He gets some big names too, not just uh, like middling to moderate people. I would love to hear Edgar Wright's yeah the like, Edgar response Wright actually, to these questions. A, the Edgar Wright one was a two like a two part episode. They just he he couldn't stop talking, and he just like it ran into like a two hour episode, so he cut it in half. Oh but my like, gosh. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good episodes, and even the ones that like with people I don't know, it's just it's neat hearing people talk about like different movies that like. I've never heard of all kinds of stuff. Dude, he did. He did one with Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall's a maniac. Oh, oh that God. was a great, that was that was a really good episode. 
Um, I'm gonna love. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun show. But he like at this point, he has lists that he sends people like try to try to not pick these because mm-hmm. like otherwise everybody's like objectively best film would be one of like ten movies. Yeah. So he's like try to stay away. From, so like try to stay away from Jaws. Try to stay away from The Godfather. Yeah, that, so you I mean, get, that you makes get, sense. You get different, 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 takes. different takes from other things that people think are great that you might not have thought about before. Um, but it's a good show. Everybody should listen to it. Films to be buried with. Um, I'm gonna, now back yeah. to movie the podcast. Back so we watched, <laughs> we watched these final hours, a uh, 2012 or 13 Australian movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I loved it the first time I watched it. I didn't love it quite as much this time. I nitpicked a few little things that I didn't quite like as much, but I still enjoyed it and still think it's a good movie. Um, so run we'll run through a quick quick synopsis. It's not a a lot happens, but also a lot, not a lot happens. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um. So this guy, I think his name is James, is the main character. He, uh, <sighs> the story starts with him. Wake up. We, or I think it actually starts with a voiceover before we get to him. But a meteor has hit the Earth in the North Atlantic, and basically, uh, that takes place in Australia. Basically, Australia has twelve hours until they're as the as the the firestorm wraps itself around the earth they have about 12 hours until they're they're wasted yeah it, eff- it effectively hit the other side of the planet and they're like the, they're going to be the last one standing yeah it was like like literally like you dig a hole through the earth from australia to the other side and it hit there mm. um he is with a lady who I'm still not sh- entirely sure if I, th- I don't think she's his girlfriend. I think she's his side piece, but he actually loves her more than he loves his girlfriend. That is correct. Um, she's, she tells him she's pregnant that day. Like as the, as the apocalypse is, is, impending he freaks out that she told him that and he wants to get like wasted all day because he doesn't want to face the end of the world sober and she's begging him to stay sober and stay with her so that they could spend the last day together um sober and loving each other he says fuck that noise i'm going to the greatest party in the history of the world and leaves um he drives away, leaving her all by her lonesome. Um, he gets carjacked. Effectively, yeah. Yeah. He pu- he pulls up to go through a neighborhood. The neighborhood's been gated off. They like set up a blockade with shopping carts so we can't get through. As he's sitting there, a guy basically carjacks him and uh, steals his car and then tries to hack him to pieces with a machete. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy chases him for a while. He finally loses him in the apocalyptic suburbia, uh, where there's nobody there anymore, apparently. 
after he loses the hatchet man, he sees a van pull by with two. What to me, based on my knowledge of Australian film, are two stereotypical serial killer Australian Australian looking dudes. Yeah, who have a tiny young girl with them, who are they dragging into the house, kicking and screaming? Um, James goes over, tries to take the van so he can get out to his party. The van won't. Does the keys aren't in it? I believe. And he starts freaking out, and then he hears her screaming more and more, and he decides that he's going to go help her. No, the keys the keys were in it. Were the keys in it? And yeah, he just, that was, that his was, conscience just got the best of him? Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't deal with it. Um, so he grabbed... Oh, he sees her flip-flops on the floor. Correct. And that's what sets him off over the top for whatever reason. Mm. Then he grabs a hammer... It goes into the house, clocks one dude with a hammer, just one hits him out. He is done. Mm. And then the other guy who is like a man mountain of an Australian psychopath, they get into a fight where you'd think the guy with a hammer would have an advantage, but he really doesn't because this guy is just all beef. Uh, He finally does brain him with the hammer and then he frees the girl she talks about her dad. She wants to go find her dad. Um, I think I'm getting a little lost in the order of events. Do they go to find her dad first and he's not there or they, they go, go to, to his sister's yeah. house first? No, they go to they the go ice to arena. The ice arena. She's okay, not so they, yeah, they go to the last place her dad was where he told her to hide until he got back with gasoline because yep. he ran out of her petrol. He yep. ran out of petrol. Yep. Um, the car is still there. He is not there. James says, look, I got this party to go to. Your dad will be back, I'm sure. Just hang out here. Or you can get in here, and I'll drop you off at my sister's, and you can stay with them, and they'll take care of you while I go to this party. Yeah, she's got three little girls your age. You'll, you can hang out with them. Yeah. She decides to go with him. They go to his sister's. Uh, turns out his sister and her husband killed themselves and their three daughters ahead of the apocalypse mm-hmm. in what is a, just a, it's not a gruesome scene, but it's horrifying. It's up there with like the beginning of, um, it's not as bad as the beginning of uh, Midsummer, but it's, it's, as, it's, it's that level of ominous where you're just like, oh no. Yeah. You think you know, but you don't want to know. He's like walking around the house and you think maybe for a minute, like they just left, but then there's water coming down the stairs from the upstairs. And then you're like, Oh, something bad happened here. But yeah, they, they, they killed their daughters and buried them in the backyard and then they killed themselves. And that's like, that Um, scene is really well constructed. Like they don't, they don't linger really. It's more reaction shot than it is actually what happened. So yeah, they they, they they show the bodies for like a half a second, so you know, like not to, like there's nothing ambiguous about it, but it's also not gratuitous, where it just like hovers on them for, where I think a lot of movies would really get get deep in there and get your face in there. Yeah, they, they yeah other movies would like movies with less discipline would focus more on like 
like how vile this is and whatever, or from from a like like look at these corpses. And this yeah. is more like look at his face and then his reaction when he looks out in the backyard where he told the girl to swim and he looks up and he sees the three yep. crosses in the backyard. She's swimming in the pool like five feet from where the the three young girls are buried. And it's 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 terrible. Like there's a lot of terrible stuff in this movie. Um yeah. after that they leave he says she wasn't they weren't home he takes his sister's car which is definitely an upgrade over his um the like Subaru Forester or whatever but it still doesn't have a full tank of gas so there's there's still I didn't mention the like gas is a problem throughout the whole movie he only has like a limited amount of gas and gas stations aren't open so he's kind of got to make smart decisions on where he wants to go they don't go straight to the party. Is after this where they go to the library? They go to the library, and I think because they see a police car pull up to the library, and he's That's like, right, yeah. "Oh, I can, I can hand her off to this policeman." And I, I think we also need to point out that, like, the whole time, kind of like the Warriors, like the DJ is always on the radio, kind of like I don't know, holding like confession or just kind of just talking to whoever's listening, providing effectively a countdown of what parts of the planet have gone dark and how much time they've got left. Yeah. Which that was honestly, I guess it was necessary to create like a sense of impending doom, but also, I don't know, like all the extra stuff that the, that the DJ was talking about, like all the religious stuff and things like, I don't know. I guess if the world was ending, there'd probably be somebody similar to that trying to repent and, I don't know. I didn't mind it. I thought I thought it actually was probably if someone kept their wits about them enough to stay broadcasting, that's probably exactly the sort of shit they would say. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's probably probably pretty accurate. Uh, so they go to the library. The guy sees the cop and his wife and kids go into the library. He grabs the girl, uh, Rose. Is her name Rose? He grabs Rose. Says, "Come on, I'm going to leave you this cop." Um, yet another hor- horrible situation. <laughs> they get in. They get inside. The cop and the mom are reading books in the library to the little girls. And the cop kind of he after they after the cop and the uh, wife see them, the cop kind of rushes James, and he starts getting in his face, not in like a angry or dangerous way, but like a frantic, panicked way, like. I can't do this. I need you to do this. And it slowly dawns on James that he's talking about killing all of them because the cop can't shoot his own kids and his wife, even though in their mind, that would be the easiest thing to take away the chance of pain with the, with the impending fireball and the cop, like the little bit of time he's in the movie, his like panicked, frantic, uh, I don't know what you call performance. I thought it was excellent. He's only in the movie for like a minute. Yeah. But it's really good. And it really, it really gets the point across. I mean, yeah, it hammers at home and his whole, and after James, basically James, James rejects uh, the offer. He's like, no, I can't do it. And the cops like, well, just tell me I'm forgiven. Forgive me. And James can't even bring himself to do that. Like, 
and it's you know the the guy's left yeah. with the weight of this decision. And it's just like it's heavy, man. It's super fucking heavy. Yep. And then Rose is like, "Oh, what happened?" He's like, "Oh, we're going <laughs> we're going somewhere else. That's not going to work out." Then now I believe they go to the party. Yes, they go to the party, and this is like for a point Hedonism. of reference. People have seen like, uh, what's the movie? The end is here, or this is the end. Like the party in that, this is that times like a million. Like there is a thousand people crammed into like a backyard the size of God's old house. There are pools, there are fountains, there are people doing drugs, there are sex everywhere, there are naked people everywhere, people are just shooting off guns. Rampant, Russia, like rampant, competitive Russian roulette. Yeah, rampant drugs all over the place. Like it is. Yeah, it's like hedonism times ten. It's cra- It's like absolutely bonkers. And James walks in with his little girl, and he sees his boy Freddie. I think Freddie was his name. Who's this like goober of a of an Australian guy with a green mohawk and two like nickel-plated desert eagles just yeah. waving them around like a like a maestro conducting a concert um this whole scene is fucking bananas like the guy who directed this must have been like i want as many tits in this movie as possible and we're cramming them all into like five minutes yeah um james is there to see his his real girlfriend, his OG girlfriend, I guess, uh, as soon as they get there, this other woman starts freaking out because she thinks Rose is her daughter. Presumably, she must have killed her daughter already or something happened. Or lost she, her or something. Yeah. yeah. But she's like, this woman's clearly not all there, and she uh, she thinks Rose is her daughter. Um, James it's not that she thinks him, she's her daughter. She's like, you can be my daughter. Like she, She's she wants to fool herself. Like she wants this girl to, she, you can be my Mandy. Like it's really yeah. sad. Um, James finds his girlfriend and they go down to the bomb shelter that Freddie made because that's going to keep him safe. This bomb shelter is less, has less depth in it than like an average suburban basement. It is literally just downstairs. It's the next level lab. town. Yeah, it's just like it's like we go downstairs at your house to watch movies, except yeah, it's a that's... ladder straight down instead of set of stairs. Mm-hmm. And there's like four bunk beds, and I don't know. There's a crossbow say... hanging on the wall, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, like it's it's like the dipshit's guide to the like survival prepping. The girl's yeah. like, he says we have enough food and water for a year down here. There's like four or five gallon things of water. And like, and that one little room, there's no food in there anywhere. Yeah. Like, it's clearly like, if you did survive or stuck down there, you'd be dead within like two weeks of starvation. Like, you would have no food. Um, James and her have kind of a breakup scene. Where he doesn't want to be with her, he wants he regrets leaving his other girlfriend. Uh, he doesn't want to be with her, and he tells her she needs to leave because that bunker isn't going to save him. It's just going to be a coffin that they're going to die in slowly instead of quickly. And she starts losing her shit. Then his best friend comes down, and he starts losing or Freddie 
starts coming out. He starts losing his shit. Everybody's losing their shit. So James tries to leave. He goes to grab Rose, who was drugged by the woman who wants her to be her daughter. And she is violently ill now after tripping balls for a few minutes. Um, it was uh, not, a, not a good party for Rose. Uh, the woman keeps coming at her after James grabs her, trying to get her back. James' girlfriend blows the woman's head off and then just tells James and Rose basically, uh, kick bricks, get the fuck out of here, kick rocks. Yeah. Uh, they leave. Um, I forget. I don't know. They just steal a car. Oh, they. He just steals a car from a guy taking a piss or something, doesn't he? He steals the cab because his car is yeah. parked in and, and Rose is ODing. Yeah, the guy's just like, take, he got out of his car to take a piss and he's singing some song and James just like sneaks in behind him like in Grand Theft Auto and just takes his car. Yep. Um, gets Rose to drive to James' mom's house, who's, I guess, been fed up with him for a long time, it appears. He's been a junkie and kind of a deadbeat in and out and she says one of the one of the most like awful line awful but also like heart-wrenching lines in the movie she's like what are you doing here i already said goodbye to you i didn't think i'd have to see you again uh, yeah i think she's even said like i said goodbye to you several times before like she's like she's made peace with the fact that he's out of her life yeah um he spares her because she asks how his sister is and he spares her that knowledge. yeah he says she just wasn't there yeah um i thought um, the scenes they, with, i thought all these scenes with the mom were really good they were and like it helps paint kind of what he was before all this a little bit uh the mom ends up knowing that their neighbor had some petrol left in his garage. So James takes that, gasses up the car, says goodbye to his mom, and finally takes uh, Rose to her family's house. He finally has enough gas to get there and everything. Mm-hmm. They get to the family's house, and they're looking around, and nobody's there. And it's really kind of a beautiful, like outdoorsy kind of house. There's a lot of like wind chimes and things. And they split up to find the family, and Rose goes one way, and James goes the other, and James finds the entire family, including Rose's dad, all shot themselves in the chest to avoid the pain of the fireball, which, like, is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm thinking, like, just thinking about this, like, apocalyptic fireball coming to hit you, like, how, like, how much pain do you think you'd be in? Like I feel like it would pretty much incinerate you immediately. Like, I think obliterate I, you. It's like a I, nuclear force that's coming with. Now it's not just like a wildfire. I think that you'd have the well, I think there's a couple things in play here, right? Like you don't know. Yeah. You don't, I guess want, that's true. you don't want to know. Yeah. And and I think and this is sort of touched on at the end, right? This thing's coming, but I think it's probably pushing a lot of like when the actual wall of fire and hellscape nightmare is coming, there's a there's a there's there's probably a big old wall of like heat and terribleness, kind of like like preceding it. 
Um, yeah, that might not be so much fun. Um, yeah, that's pro- that's probably true. Like, what we talk about as we as we as the movie wraps, but yeah. Um, Rose decides she wants to look in the woods where James has looked because James says there's nobody there. He convinces her to not go in after she freaks out because he doesn't want her to see her whole family all shot through the heart with bullets. Uh, he brings the picture out and shows her the picture that her dad had of her and him and his mom or her mom. And then I believe he carries the dad out mm-hmm. so he can prove to her because she doesn't believe that it's him or she just has to see for herself. Mm-hmm. So he brings the, uh, he carries the dad's body out so she can see it. Um, <clears throat> he tries to get her to come with him to his girl's house but she wants to stay with her family. So they kind of say their goodbyes at this point. This is where she leaves the movie. She says goodbye. And then she chases him down as he's driving away, just waving to him like little kids do. Well, she kind of convinced him to do it. Like, she's like, it's not too late. You can, you can be there. So he's making his way back to, what was it called? Capricorn beach or something like that. Yeah. Like basically. And like her, where she's staying is like a beach house, like right on, Whatever coast this is going to hit first. I would imagine the East Coast. Yeah. But I guess, it, I guess if it's coming around the world like that, and they're going to be last. It's probably all the coasts at the yeah. same time. So I don't know. Um, he just about gets there, and then his car explodes. <laughs> like, it doesn't just overheat. It overheats and then full-on blows up on him. And I think I'm thinking some of that might be because of like the atmospheric changes that are happening. Oh, that might make sense. I didn't even think about that. Because there was like birds dropping out of the sky and stuff. Yeah, and he runs what seems like miles to get there. And an insane amount of heat, but he makes it. Mm-hmm. Makes it right before the right before the fireball comes and he makes it to the beach and and sees this girl, and she starts hitting him and shoving him away. So you left me, you left me. And finally, right in their final moments, they reconcile and say they love each other. And then the world ends. Then the world ends. And that is these final hours. Yeah, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot of character growth in. 12 hours. It's a lot of character growth in an hour and 26 minutes, probably an hour and 20 minutes without the credits Mm -hmm. that I thought they did a really good job, a really good job with it. Cause he was never portrayed like as like the worst to begin with. So it's not like he, there's some major like character flaw that you have to get over. He's like just kind of a, confused lazy kind of a piece of crap but he's not like a terrible terrible person right i mean i think it's um, it's, it's kind of like a heavy-handed metaphor message but i didn't mind it but it's basically you know it's like listen you know you can i what i, what I took away from it is like the whole thing of you know this guy could have been self-centered doing whatever he wants for the rest of his life it took the end of the world to get him off his ass and really you know um reach out for what like stand up for what he believes in and what he appreciates. And then maybe all of us shouldn't do, shouldn't wait that long. 
Um, but yeah, I thought the when some I think you told me that the, the lead character was also in Wolf Creek, which yeah. man, that movie is so bad. Yeah, but he's he's good in this. I liked him in this. Yeah, I don't remember if he was good or bad in Wolf Creek. I just remember that movie being so bad. Yeah, that movie just bad. Um, it's funny though because when I was watching this, and I texted everybody, I was like, "Oh, it's Betty Brant." I just watched Spider Man Homecoming with my son, and I was like, "Oh, fuck, that's Betty Brant." The little, oh yeah, the, the I had to look girl. it up because I was like, "God, she looks familiar," and I had to look her up, but then I, then I realized that. But uh. Yeah, I, could, I didn't recognize her. I recognized the face, but couldn't could not place it until I looked it up on IMDb. She's also um, Baby Goose's daughter and the other guys. It says horse and stuff. Oh yeah, don't say don't say and stuff. Just say there's horse here. <laughs> I love that movie too. That movie's great. Um, yeah, the guy who directed this, not much else. He's only directed like six or seven things, I think. But mm-hmm. one of them was 1922, which I was how. Oh, it's outstanding. Um, another one was another Netflix movie called Rattlesnake that I never watched, but I heard good things about. Um, but he hasn't done anything in a couple of years. I don't know what he has in development. But, like, I don't know. This is this was from almost 10 years ago. This is from 2012 or 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much to uh, complain or say about it. Like, there's not a lot, like, effects-wise. There's some, like, filters and stuff that... It's like the typical Australian filter you see in most movies that make everything look like everything is hot and gross all the time. It's kind of yellow. Yeah, kind of yellowish and a little bit of, like, any landscape. There's, like, a little bit of, like, shimmering to it to imply, like, the heat. Um, A little little grainy. Yeah. Um, The fireball effect at the end I thought was good. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute yeah. like like if Just you sit there and take a wall yeah. of like red fire coming at you. Yeah, if you just sort of think about that, it's um the worst thing ever. What would be great is if this was like a backdoor Mad Max movie. Like this was like the event that makes Mad Max happen. <laughs> um but yeah, this uh them standing there at the beach just waiting for that just apocalypse, like just seeing it coming is just Heart. The whole movie's heart wrenching, like the whole fucking thing. Yeah, it is. But it's, pretty it, much from pretty much from beginning to end, and there's I not a lot like, of there's not a lot of laughs or a lot of chuckles in this movie. It's pretty dark the whole time. And I feel like I feel like you could say that this is going for cheap heat. Like it's just like setting this guy up with all these awful situations one after the other, just going for. But they're not doing it for like shock, and they're not doing it for like it. I I don't know. In a lot of ways, I feel like I feel like you're gonna have people that are gonna off themselves. Obviously, right? You're gonna have people that are gonna be like, "Fuck it, I just want to go out all fucked up." You're gonna see parties like that. Like if this were to happen, yeah. God, I hope it doesn't. But you're gonna have people that are people are gonna react to this way. Like I, we often on the show talk about when people don't react as in ways that no one they would react how no one ever would react. I feel like this pretty well captured almost every the whole spectrum of how a populace facing the end of the world would react. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Uh, my only my only two gripes with the movie are one the the radio voiceover. I felt like it was overdone a little bit, mm. like 
I don't know. Every time he was in the car, it popped on. But like you could have got away with just like something at the beginning to set you up so you know where you are. Something at the end letting you know that it's pretty much time, and then maybe somewhere in the middle. But every mm-hmm. time they were driving, there was a little bit of that voiceover, like the end is nigh, it's coming. The Philip Eastern Europe or uh, East Asia is gone. Like it's on its way. It's like we get it. We yeah, get we it. The, apo- yeah. the apocalypse is coming. We get it, man. Oh my god, change um, the tune. And my other gripe, which is really just a gripe that it's not a major gripe, and it's just a, pr- a product of making a low budget uh, science fiction movie. Or I get this, yeah, this would be kind of science fiction, I guess. Yeah, I call it sci-fi. It's like loose sci-fi. Um, there's nobody in this movie. Like the neighborhoods are just like empty. It's not like it's like a zombie apocalypse where like you'd have hordes of zombies that all like get together and like certain places would be empty and other places would have millions of zombies. Like all these people are just gone. It's like a video game where they didn't have the processing power to to load in civilians. Like it's just just empty scapes. Yeah. yeah, like lots of empty streets. Like I don't, you only see like two other cars with people in them the whole time. I think. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would probably be true to an extent, but there you'd also see like a lot more people just drive around being fucking nuts. Well, you know, they don't but touch on a- this in the, the movie, which I think is a, a smart choice. But this clearly wasn't a surprise. Like, it's like people knew this was coming, even before it made impact. Like, the way that they talked about it and the way everyone reacted, the fact that that one guy had enough time to, like, supposedly, like, excavate and build out that concrete bunker. It makes you wonder how much time, and they don't tell you, which I think is, like I say, it's smart. But clearly enough time between, hey, this is going to happen, or this is likely to happen, to when it did actually happen. I mean, I mean, enough time for this guy to, for people to probably make a lot of choices and either run away from the coast, which maybe could explain. I'm not trying to like apologize for the movie, but like people could have ran from the coast. A lot of people could have just off themselves. I know there was one like drive by scene where they're going through a, a neighborhood and someone had taken a ladder and gone all the way up to the top of a street light. And was just oh yeah. Angling. That, that bothered me. Cause that ladder was way too short. Yeah. Like the ladder was still like two feet lower than the guy's feet when he was already hanging from the thing. Mm-hmm. So unless he climbed the ladder and then shimmied his way up around the top of the light pole, yeah, that wouldn't make sense. No. But I digress. Um, I guess five knuckle shuffles. If there's nothing else, no. I mean, we should get yeah. You want to bring up? No, I mean you, you, that was a very that was that's the whole movie cover to cover. So all right, um, uh, TJ. Duh, I don't know. Uh, two, because I don't get it. Oh no, I don't know. I guess he's probably gonna cut. Oh wait, we should cut him. He might cut himself in. TJ. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is my five knuckle shuffle score from beyond the grave. Man, if I die after I post this, that would be quite hilarious. Um, it's gonna be a seven for me, dog. I I really enjoyed the movie overall. I felt like um, I felt like it had a little, it hit a little bit of a bump after they left the party. Uh, 
drug a little bit, but nothing, nothing out of the, you know, nothing crazy. It didn't take me out of the movie. I really enjoyed the acting. I thought that the, uh, the, the, both the main actors are really good. I thought the kid especially was really good. And she's the same, uh, girl from the, uh, the new Spider-Man series. She's in that. And then she was also the little girl in, uh, in the nice guys. I'm sure Alec and Gogs have already mentioned that, but I thought she was great. Um, I thought that like the atmosphere and the camera work in this movie were actually really well done, which is something you can't really say about a lot of like low budget movies. That's usually the first thing out. And I think this movie kind of lives and breathes on its atmosphere and cause the plot is, is kind of thin. Um, but, uh, I think it works. Um, but overall, yeah, it's a seven for me, dog. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it's a real fun-filled romp that uh, Alec put us through. Um, I, well, I, you know, there's little things that I would have changed personally. I would have. I think. I think the ending for me, uh, again, me personally, I think the ending would have been better if he never made it to his wife, or if she was already dead when he got there, or something. I don't know. I always want to go for the most, you know, depressing ending possible. Um, but yeah, uh, I also really like the DJ throughout the movie. I thought that was like a good way to cut through a lot of scenes that otherwise would have just been silent. I thought it was pretty smart. And uh, my cat's freaking out. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, good movie. Seven. Uh, see you later. Oh, wow, what a nuanced take. That was really good. I appreciate that. Good good, good, good talk, TJ. <laughs> Clip. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, Gogs. I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give this an eight, um, eight, maybe cresting into nine territory, but I'm gonna go with eight. It's really good. Um, I was engaged the entire time. I can, you know, I think we've kind of come to realize that if you're watching a movie and you're not looking at your phone the whole time, then it's doing something. I wanted to know yeah. what was going to happen next. I wanted to, there was a lot of like, I don't know if I need to watch this movie again, I, but I feel like this is a movie that's going to stick to your ribs. Like it's like a, a, a like a um, Requiem for a Dream, maybe not that, but like this movie brings a lot of heavy emotion. There's a lot of just like dread, but in the same, at, at the end of the day, there's kind of like a nice, like you're kind of happy for this guy to just, you know, go out with, you know, with genuine emotion. Like you kind of like, it's a shame that he doesn't get to keep going with it. Cause it seems like it's something he's rejected his whole life, but the fact that he gets to experience it and share it at the very end is something. And it doesn't feel cheap. Um, It's, it's, you know, it's transformative. The guy's, I, I, I don't know. I thought it was, it wasn't, you know, like Miracle Mile is just Miracle Mile is um, is a very similar story. And that movie just brought me to, you know, brought me to tears. That movie's like uh, that movie's transcendent. This isn't that, but this is very good. And uh, I can, and for the budget and for the cast and everyone, it's, it's, it's powerful. It's a very powerful film. And I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. So I'm going to give it an eight out. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to do the same thing. I'm also going to give it an eight. Um, it's a very good movie. I watched it a few years ago and 
still think about it periodically. I just I forgot the title until the poster popped up on Tubi, and I realized that was this is what I was gonna what I was gonna pick. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very good. It's like ever all the, the the everybody in it acts. It's very well acted. Um, it's a good story. Like it crams a ton into an hour and twenty six minutes, and it engages you the entire time. Like it holds your attention. Like you said, like for where we are, a bunch of the time. If I don't look at my phone during a movie, that's like a miracle half the time now. Yeah, the movie's done its job. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's excellent. It's not it's not perfect. Um it's not like the best thing I've ever seen, but I really do enjoy it. Like you said, it's probably something I don't need to revisit too too often. But if it pops up every now and then, every couple of years, I can I can I can make an hour and a half cram a hour and a half time or set an hour and a half aside to watch uh Let's watch this movie. Yeah, like you, it, it's it's not nearly as uh, uh, offensive, isn't the word? Not nearly as uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Horrendous as <laughs> Requiem for a Dream. No, yeah, like that's that is just on its own level. Yeah, Requiem for a Dream is just a, a nightmare, but it's effective. I mean, yeah, I never, I'm never going to watch it again, but yeah, it is effective. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I really am excited to listen to the show and see what TJ thought. And I, I wonder if Sean actually watched it. Well, right now, I don't has, know. right now it's got an average score of an eight, which makes it a certified good ass movie. Um, <laughs> hopefully, so, this is, hopefully doesn't get lowered. Yeah, as long as. If they go nine seven, if they both go eights, if they both go nines, we're okay. So let's see how it goes. Yeah, but no, I enjoyed it, and uh, I'm glad you liked it too. It's I a movie that like I enjoyed enough to bring it to the show, but I, I definitely wasn't sure how people would respond because in something like this, like mileage may vary. Like it's a definitely a movie for it's not a movie for everybody. A lot of people will probably be turned off to it just because of the subject matter. Like most people don't want to watch movies about the legit end of the world. No, but I, I would. This is a movie that I would recommend to people without batting an eye. I would recommend it with some caveats, like, "Hey, it ain't. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it ain't you want to get, you, you get real dark. Yeah, you want to watch something dark and kind of powerful? Here you go." But yeah, no, I definitely would recommend it to be. It's really well made, and I'm, you know, I now want to watch some of the stuff this other guy, some of the other stuff this guy's done. Like I can't speak for anything except for 1922, but that movie was tremendous. Mm. Like that movie was very good. TJ liked it a lot too. I don't know if Sean saw it. I haven't seen. It's based off a. It's based off a Stephen King novella or short story. Mm -hmm. It's 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 also very. It's also very dark. Thomas Jane? Uh, yeah, and I think Carla Gugino might be his wife. Oh, right on. Maybe. Cool. But yeah, it's uh, it's good, but it's dark. Not Well, I, different kind of dark. Probably darker than this, but different kind. There's not a lot of redemption in that one. Mm. 
Um, yeah, so that was these final hours. So what do we got on deck next week? Uh, Gobbles. So I know I had some thoughts last week, and one of them was Under Siege 2. Uh, I don't know whether to go... I mean, we watched something good, so I feel like I, I'm... I want to pick Dead Presidents, but it's an hour and 59 minutes, and so I don't think I'm going to pick Dead Presidents. And I kind of want to pick Land Shark, which is an hour and 19 minutes. Is that the Tubi, the Tubi original one? Is it a Tubi original? There was some shark movie on there. I can't remember the title of it, but it said Tubi original on it. And I was like, man, that's probably not great. I'm I don't know if it was that one or not. I don't think so, because it was made in 2017. I don't know if Tubi existed in 2017. <laughs> But here, I'll let you. I'll let you pick. You can either pick Under Siege Two, which I think is a, no, a known quantity, or Land Shark. And here's the tagline: a secret government plot to create super soldier sharks by transfusing them with human DNA completely backfires big time when the sharks escape. Um, I'm gonna say Land Shark because it's an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, it's an it's an hour nineteen. So Land Shark, two thousand seventeen's Land Shark, which if it's a certified good ass movie, I'll be amazed. The guy who directed Land Shark also directed Noah's Shark. <laughs> that took a second. That took a legit Dune, second. Dune World, Virus okay. Shark. Okay. Oh, these are all from twenty twenty one. Feeders 3, Invasion of the Empire of the Apes, Camp Murder, Jurassic Shark 2, Aquapocalypse. All those movies I just listed all came out this year. That's seven movies this year. This guy has 69 nice editing credits. How many directing credits? 67 directing credits. And how many writing credits? 26 writing credits. Including Land Shark. Oh boy, this guy's name is Mark Polonia. So we're gonna watch Mark Polonia's Land Shark. Mm. Mm. Get that on the Plex TJ. Oh boy, I'll, be, I'll, probably, I'll watch it tomorrow. I might just watch it on Tubi tomorrow because I'm off tomorrow. If he doesn't have it on the Plex in time, good lord. Okay, here we go. Um, fun, yeah. fun, fun. I that was I I liked that I liked that interviewing thing that was great I'd love to hear everyone else's answers because I think we should totally do that again that was a great idea well done yeah I was able to able to take up some uh able to take up some time and stretch this out the feature length yeah <laughs> yeah now we can now we can be considered <laughs> now the academy will consider this show um yeah that was that was fun and it's like. If we do it again, I'll probably try to plan it out to send out the questions ahead of time so you can actually think a little more about them. Yeah. But no, this was, I think, yeah, depending on how the, maybe we do that as like a pre moly show. That, I think I like that the formats. That format's great. Yeah, that could work. The molies. Oh, yeah, the molies. Uh, Holy molies. To see how many 2020 movies we've actually seen. But anyway, um, good luck out there. Eat your own ass or whatever you're supposed to do. And we'll yeah. See you, yeah. We'll see you next week, maybe at full strength with Land Shark if that doesn't ruin the show forever. 
Nah, it can't be worse than uh, we've we've seen. I'm sure we've seen worse than Land Shark. I feel like we've have to have seen worse than we saw. We saw saw Shark Exorcist, and that got to be better than Land Shark. It's got to be. Got to be worse than Land Shark, rather. Also true. It could be either. Yeah, we'll see. I'll let you know tomorrow. All right. Good luck out there, people. See you. <laughs> later. Later, boys.